this morning by kind of uh, extending a little bit of, of what Casey said, and the idea that, you know, God is with us. You know, do you ever, ever think about God's with you even when you don't think so? Actually, God's with you even when you don't want him. Because that's just who he is. That's his nature. But I want to tell you a little story. This last summer, um, I, I, we went to our regional uh, leaders conference. It was in Grand Junction. A bunch of us went down there. But anyways, they asked me to do a devotional. And uh, one of my heroes is Eric Little, uh, the Olympian of the 1922 Olympics, a British man who ran the 400, but he wasn't a 400 runner. He was a sprinter, and he uh, set the world record. But he said this. Uh, he said, you know, he was telling his, he talking to his sister, and he said, and he grew up in a missionary family. His parents and family were missionaries to China. And he went to boarding school in, um, in the British Isles. And he said to his sister, he said this, he says, When I run, I feel the pleasure of God. I feel the pleasure of God. I have never let that go. I would feel the pleasure. You know, I feel his presence. I recognize his presence. But to feel that pleasure of God. So anyways, I, I did this devotion. It was basically on that. And the scripture that I have that I want to give to you this morning, something to think about. It's uh, David, and this is David and Samuel, where there was just a whole lot of turmoil going on. And um, he said this, and he's speaking of God. He led me to a place of safety. Now, Jesus is our safety. That is our place. But he went on and said, he rescued me because he delights in me. The Lord delights in him. Well, I stayed at a hotel. I carry this with me ever since then. And on the card says delight. Are you not getting this? I've carried this card ever since. This is my uh, hotel key. As it's kind of the word of the Lord. I delight in you. I delight in you. And, you know, for some of you, you go, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> whatever. You might say whatever. This means a lot to me. Because I, no I noticed that just that morning when I had to give that devotional, that God delights. And it's hard for us because when we think of delight, we're on ourselves. We we, we, or we think about God's presence or God's grace or God wanting to have his favor upon us. Much of the time, we just walk around feeling, I don't deserve it. And I'm going, you're right. God's going, you're right. You don't deserve it. But I'm giving it to you anyways. That's who God is, right? That's who Jesus is. So, you know, Happy New Year, by the way, for the second. Goodbye, 2018. Yeah, there we go. There's something great about having something new, right? New beginnings, new start, new 
uh, uh, commitments and all those kinds of things. So I want to talk to us a little bit today, today about our best. Our best. What is our best? What is, what, is, what, is it, what is it that causes us to be brave about it? I love that song. To be brave. You know, uh, and we don't, we, we, we see bravery as, as something in, in that, of, of rescue and so forth like that. And Jesus rescued us. But being brave, as we enter into 2019, what is it that the Lord has drawn us into? And how, what is our best? And our, my, I would put it this way, my best lies in Him. I'm tired of working hard to change me when I, and I keep losing that battle. Have you ever, ever thought of it like that? I mean, I work really hard to be good. Do you work hard to be good? Working hard to be good and delight don't mix. Right? You know, I am my worst enemy. I don't need the Holy Spirit to beat me up. I do a really good job at it. I'm really good at beating me up. And I even some other people are pretty good at beating me up. <clears throat> but the Holy Spirit always goes, yeah, that was not good, Daryl. But let's, 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 let's change it. And I'm going, oh, man, I really do want to change it. But if I could change it, I would have done it 20 years ago. Anyways. Matthew tells us, as you're thinking about your best, and, and best, you also want to think about risk. Because when you step out of your comfort zone, you're always taking a risk. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Fine, be that way. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. This is Jesus speaking. And you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy, for my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give is light. So think about as you enter into this new year, and you're, you're, you're kind of figuring out what, it, what are the things you want to want to change your life. And we'll talk a little bit about some of those things that might be helpful. He also gave a parable. And I'm going to, in a very quick way, walk through Matthew 5, 6, and 7 this morning. I'm going to walk through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Because I think we find our best in that. I find that, that every... And it, maybe you're just a person here today that you're trying to discover truly who Jesus is. And maybe, maybe you're kind of coming a long way. You... You will see that as we talk, that you know this is just talking about being a good person, being having healthy relationships, people that do life right because it's the right thing to do. Now the problem is I don't I don't, I can't do that well without Jesus because I'm self-centered. I always think in terms of how it's going to benefit me. Right? I struggle with that all the time. Uh, and I've been walking with Jesus for well over 40 years, but yet I always have to kind of take control of that thought and say, get out of here. And I get that with that help of the Holy Spirit. So Matthew 7, it says, anyone who listens to my teachings, again, speaking of Jesus, anyone who listens to my teachings and follow is wise. Like a person who builds their house on a solid rock, 
Though the rains come and torrents and the floodwaters rise up and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. Verse 26, but anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey, doesn't obey, is, it's, it is foolish, like a person who builds their house on a sand. When the rains come, the flood comes, the winds come against the house, it collapses in a mighty crash. So Jesus gives us a story, gives us a comparison. What is our house built on? What is our life built on? What, what, are, what stables you? What is your stabilizers? Well, let me suggest to you this morning, we are at our best when. We are at best when we trust Jesus. That's when we're at our best, right? When we trust in the Lord, as you begin to read there in Matthew 5. I'm at my best when I'm trusting Jesus. When, when the storms of life come, when, when, when things come against me, when troubles come against me, accusations come against me, all those things, because it does happen, whether it be in the workplace, wherever, in school, wherever you're at. Those things do happen. I'm at my best when I trust Jesus and embrace Jesus through that process. That's, I find myself at my best when I do that. Verse 11 there in chapter 5 says, God blesses those people that mock, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you when they lie about you and say all sorts of things about, against you because of me. I'm, we are at our best when we trust Jesus. We, again, are at our best when we influence others. In other words, when we become an example, when we, when we take the things that God's given us and we use them as a model, as a role model. And Lord knows we need role models today, don't, right? Shouldn't role models, in my, this is my opinion, but it's strong opinion. I stand on it. I said it and I believe it. The best role models ought to come out of the church. Ought to come out of the community of believers. The best role models ought to come out. People of integrity, people that, that are of encouragement, people that draw the best out of others. And when I, when I use the terms, or what I believe when, when Jesus uses the terms of, of giving and using he, what he's saying, I want you to draw the best out of others. I want you to recognize me and other people and speak it forth. You know what I see in you? I, you know what I see what God is doing in your life? And be that, that voice of encouragement. That's what Barnabas did with Paul. If you read Acts, you hear, hear, hear Barnabas, and his name means son of encouragement. He, he came along and he went and found Paul and walked with him for a number of years. And as you read Acts, he just saw that God was doing something in his life and went out of his way and found him and, and worked with him for a period of time. And then the role shift where Paul began to work with, with Barnabas. It's, you know, it's God's kingdom. We're at our best when we're giving our best to others or influencing others with the gospel, with the good news. 
we're at our best. We're at our best when we follow. We are at our best when we actually follow a beat of a different drum. That's one of my favorite sayings, by the way. I think I made it up. Probably came out of a worship song. Actually, Andy Parks made it up. Let's put credit where credit's due. He wrote a worship song. Anyways, Canadian worship leader. Um, But we, we do live by a different beat, do we not? The beat of heaven. The beat of the gospel. The beat of the words of Jesus. We are those that, 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 that walk a higher pathway. We are those people that live differently. We are those people that, di- that embrace a different morality than what's being produced around us. We are examples. We are light to a dark world. We are those that have chosen to follow and, 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 and to a different rhythm. That's us. That's who we are. That's what it, the Gospels tells us. And why I'm using Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Because I believe that Jesus never stopped teaching these principles. These are things that that are core to our relationship of who we are, how we interact with each other, not only as a community, but with those people that with those that we interact on a daily basis. Everybody is looking for hope. Everybody's looking for something that's stable, that's solid, that's unchangeable. I would submit to you today, as we lean into this year, Jesus is consistent as the day is long. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. He is. We are at our best. I don't like you. Battery's dead. We're at our best when we care. That's when we are, you are at your best when you care. Is that a, do you ever find yourself a challenge in caring? Let somebody else worry about it. Right? That's Daryl's job. <laughs> Thank you very much. Preach it, sister. Um, but we are, that's true. You are at your best when you're caring. And that's risky business, huh? Because if we read the script, as we read the scripture, we care without thinking of anything in return. And that's just that's not how our society is. That's, that is not how the, that's not the rhythm of our culture. But it is the rhythm of Jesus. Now, you know, remember when we went through a, a journey with Jesus. When Jesus came onto the scene, there was two major issues. One of them was the law of Moses, and the other one was the temple. And Jesus came onto the scene, and he said, he said, I fulfill both those. You don't need the temple anymore, nor do you need the law anymore, because I have come to fulfill everything. And then he went on to say, as he says here in Matthew, uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he went on to say that love fulfills everything. Not 
a carnal love, not a, a lustful love, but a love that cares for other just because of who Jesus is. And that is the type of love that you and I need to place ourselves and let God, by the gifting of His Holy Spirit, to form us from the inside out. And you know what? That's a brave statement. I'm telling you, that kind of love are not for wimpy people. It's not. You've got to be brave. I mean, somebody was brave enough to love me. So actually, a lot of people along the way. But we need to care. And Jesus challenged that. We love, God, love the Lord God with your whole heart, soul, and strength and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus called us to care. And caring is a challenge, right? It is a challenge. We are at our best. We are at our best when we choose not to serve money. We are at our best when we choose not to serve money. Boy, this is just a big challenge for all of us, right? Our security is found in finances. Our security is found in our job. Our security is found in our, our, you know, our investments. Our security is found in so many different ways. And those aren't bad. It's not bad to be prudent. It's not, but that is not where our security comes from. That's not. Our security comes from him. Jesus said, where, you, where, your, where your treasure is is where your heart is. Where is your heart? I mean, the, the biggest thing about money when you feel like, uh, and I would say this to anybody, even if they weren't a follower of Christ, I would say you need to give to something outside yourself. You need to give some money to something, some kind of charity. Uh, I would say that to anybody. Because it changes the way we think. It changes how we live. It, it, take, it takes us outside of our own home. It helps us be concerned and caring for others. Give to something. Take a portion of your finances and give to something. We would be very happy to be that, obviously. But you need to do it. I don't care if it's a buck a month. I don't. You need to do it. And God will bless it. See, these are principles. These are principles. But you choose not to serve money. And I am telling you right now, we live in a culture where the dollar is the God. Right? Anybody want to get up and dance about it? Because it's the truth. It's the truth. The dollar is the God. And it, it creeps into the life of the community too, trust me. But, not in our world. Let's, let's, let's say no. We're not, we're not going to play that game. Say no to it. I'm not going to worry about it. I am going to trust Jesus. I am not going to worry Matter of fact, he said in verse 19 of chapter 6, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth, moths eat them and rust destroys them. 
where thieves break in and steal. Store up your treasure in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy. Let me give you some advice on that. That goes back to what I just said. How you store that up is you give outside yourself. That's how that happens. And I'm not going to tell you what you need to do. I am suggesting that you ask God what God, what Jesus is asking of you. That's all I'm suggesting. That's all I, I'm going to make this whole thing about money. Here's another big deal. We are at our best when we are not consumed by worry. We are at our best when we don't, when we're not consumed, consumed about worry. And I would like, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I got a feeling this is a big deal. And sometimes worry and finances are kind of like twin, tw- Siamese twins, right? They're twins. They go hand in hand. I'm at my best when I trust the Lord. I'm at my best when, when I find myself beginning to worry about situations that I sit with Jesus and say, let's talk. Because my shoulders aren't big enough for this. And most of the time, most of us, if we're going to be honest, we're going to be honest. Are you going to be honest? I'm going to be honest. Are you going to be honest? I'm going to be honest. Most of the time, I exhaust all of my own resources. I do everything I possibly can. I, I, just, I just manipulate, do all the things that I need to do. And then when all of that fails... God, don't you like me anymore? You know what I mean? I finally go, God, I, 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 I don't know. How long does it take, bef- take until you get to the point where you begin with the prayer? When you begin with the asking? I don't know why. I don't, you know, I'm a little better. I don't want to make it sound like I'm a, a total ding-dong. Um, but it happens, right? We love to be able to manage everything ourselves and kind of call on God when it gets beyond our ability. That's, that's, we do that. I know, I'm sorry. You could just sit in there saying, Daryl, how long are you going to keep stepping on my toes? <clears throat> Until we get it right? How's that? We're at our best when we deal with problems in our own lives first. Now, what happens here is I, I'm smiling because we have this keen ability to always see what's wrong with everybody else. I got a couple of believers here. The rest of you are in denial. <laughs> I would have been, you know, this guy's way right. I mean, we do, Right? We always see what's wrong with everybody else. I mean, I mean we always, you know, um, you know, with, with, well, let's start in the beginning. Adam blamed his wife. It's that woman you gave me. It's your fault, actually. That's what he was really trying to say. <laughs> you know, he didn't come out and say it that way, but that's the way I read it. I'm going, you're blaming God for this? Okay, buddy, all right. But what, what Jesus says, look, start. Take the, take the beam out of your eye. Take, take the blockage out of yourself. 
and embrace. And a lot of times I'm at a place in my own world right now where I, whatever I'm going through, I am trying to discover how Jesus is teaching me as I'm trying to walk with other people. I am learning something from it. I am growing through it myself on a, my, that personal journey. Taking the beam out of my eye or the log out of my eye so I can help somebody else. You know, and, that, and that's, that's very prominent in Scripture. That, that Jesus is big on that. We need to learn to be, what he's really saying here, can you be a little more self-aware? I know you're really aware of everybody else around you, but let's just think about you. Okay. I get the feeling we need to move on. And the next one is prayer. Prayer is huge. And prayer needs to be a part of that, that intimate relationship that we enter into as we walk and follow Christ. I mean, the idea of prayer, we're doing the prayer and fasting, and I'm thinking, okay, so what, what do we want to grow in as we pray and fast? Maybe we want to grow in our prayer lives. Maybe we want to learn to hear the voice of Jesus. I spent a lot of years praying through the scriptures and, and just and growing through the scriptures and sitting with the scriptures and praying. The last five years I've been sitting and I say, Jesus, I just want to hear your voice. I, I just, I'm asking you to speak to me. I know I've been doing a lot of praying and talking and all those kinds of things, but right now I just want to hear your voice. I want to fellowship. And he, he says this. Jesus says, come and sit with me, sup with me. And he said, in other words, what he had, let's break bread together. And so I spend my time, even if I read some scripture, well, teach me what the scripture means. Teach me from the inside out. As I sit here with you, as I sit here with you, I want to, I want to, I want to walk this out with you. Teach me to pray. And as Betty said earlier, which I think is a great exhortation, you want to learn to pray? Come sit with people that pray. There's two, two uh, I've read more books on prayer, intercessory prayer, personal prayer, more books on prayer than, and that and leadership than anything else I've read. Dozens on both of them. Dozens. I'm reading a leadership book right now. Both of them. Godly leadership, how to walk with Jesus, prayer life, how to sit with Jesus, how, how to absorb what the Spirit of God is saying, prayer. And you know what? Prayer is just conversation. Let me make it really simple. It's conversation between you and God. That's what prayer is, conversation. Sometimes my conversation goes like this. Are you kidding me? And then Jesus will answer me. Sometimes it goes like that. I mean, I'm real. I'm real with my conversation with Jesus. Am I ever going to change? Am I always going to think this way? And, and he would say something like, well, Daryl, if you would put on the, my mind, you would think differently. Oh, that was such a great time for you guys to say something. Anyways. <laughs> okay. We are at our best when we treat people the way we want to be treated. We are at our best when we treat people the way we want to be treated, right? I don't think that has to be, uh, uh, I don't think much commentary needs to go with that. But I will say this, it is a challenge, right? When I, I'm not always thinking about that, but it needs to be a part of my life. It needs to be part of my, it needs to, it needs to be real not just a duty. It needs to be sincere, not just an act, not some, you know, 
religious response. It needs to be who I am. And that's one of my, that comes out of my prayer life. Lord, I need this to be a part of me. Okay. We are at our best when we're genuine and discerning. Genuine. When we're being real and discerning. And those genuine comes out of being transparent. And discerning comes out of walking with Jesus and having a relationship with the Bible. Having some kind of uh, reading or whatever. I, folks, I, I cannot tell you how important it is. And I would, say, I would suggest, read the Bible every day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean... And it's, I know it's hard. Even, you know, you can get these programs where you get a scripture sent to you. Read that. Read it. This, oh, this is the day's verse. Do that. The Bible is what helps us discerning the times around. The Bible is what helps me discern my own attitude. The Bible is what gives me a, a, a watermark by which I'm, which I'm striving for. Not on my own works where I'll just say, Jesus, I want to be like that. The Bible lets me know the depths of his love, as it says in Ephesians 3, how high, how deep, how wide, how long is the love of God, and that we would exist in it, live in it, and become it, that we'll be brave enough to be a part of it. Let me finish up by walking through the exhortation, a quick exhortation from James. It's out of James 3. Now, James, there's a lot of controversy, there's what James this is. I am of the camp that this is James, the half-brother of Jesus. And, um, but anyways, it's in the Scripture. This, this was written to the Jewish believers and sent out to the churches at the same time. But he says in James 3.13, If you are wise in understanding God's ways, wise in understanding God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility and comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover it up. Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. What he's saying here, be real. We have this tendency to to put on this false self. Forget the false self. Let Jesus remind, let us be who we are in a way, in a fashion that Jesus brings his healing and sets us free. For jealousies and, and, and selfishness are God's kind of wisdom. For jealousies and selfishness are not God's kinds of wisdom. Sorry. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. There's a strong word for us. In other words, it's the work of the devil. For wherever there is jealousies and selfish ambitions, there is, you will also find disorder and evil of all kinds. And as we finish here... But the wisdom from above is first of a pure, is first of, of, of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at times, at all times, excuse me, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism, and he is also and it is also sincere. It is also sincere. In, yeah. Sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. What I submit to you, let's have the worship team come forward. What I'm submitting to you today of being your best, and it flows out of the scripture, 
is being on the rock. It is, it, 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 it is being planted on Jesus. And it will, you and I will be able to weather every season that comes out there, out in the world around us. God, Jesus Christ is our provider. He is with us, as, as we spoke about. He delights in you. And He wants us to, to, to illuminate all these things and be the best that we can in Christ Jesus. And here's the deal. Here's the, the, just the real, real uh, issue with this. You don't have to do this on your own. It is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Here's a good prayer. Change me, O God. Make me ever true. Fashion my heart. Teach me to love as you, as you love. Show me how to be kind and caring. Help me to be the person that you delight in and created me to be. That you created me to be. See, what's out there is put us on the sand. Jesus puts us on the rock. And that's what he's talking about here. He ends. And now, and also the other part it says in um, Matthew 7 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom. If you seek first the kingdom, this is where this will guide you. Seek, seek for, and what's that mean? Seek first Jesus. Let me put it that way. Seek, would, you, would you stand with me, please? Let's have the ministry team come forward. And, um, and it, if you're dealing with any physical things or any kind of. Uh, challenges in life, we would just like to, to pray with you and stand with you in that place of prayer.